Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first Talking Jacks Extra of 2019. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Ben Gosshorn. Ben, how are you doing on this uh, Thursday evening? I'm doing pretty darn well. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing good. I, um, I've been pretty busy this week, and uh, as has the Independence. We, yeah. Um, it is opening night eve, I guess you could say. Uh, when you're yeah. listening to this, it will probably be opening day, uh, with the game kicking off at 7 o'clock at Matthews Sportsplex against Indy 11. So that's exciting. Um, we had a guest on. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, we want to kind of go over a little bit of news that happened, uh, I guess, Wednesday. Uh, we The Charlotte Independence announced the signing of two center backs, the first being Aaron Mond, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, and the second being Steven Tico. Uh, both, both have a lot of experience. Aaron played... Several seasons in MLS, uh, mainly with RSL, I believe. Um, and then most recently, I believe, with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Mm. Um, but he's a, he's a center back. I believe he's 29 years old, 28 years old, somewhere in there. 28, yeah. 28, okay. And then um, Steven Tico most recently played in Malaysia. Is that correct? Um, I'm pretty confident in that. Let me... Yeah. Yes, he most recently played in Malaysia at... Malacca United. Wow, there you go, Malacca United. Yeah. Um, he is a little bit older. I think he's 32. Is that right? 31. 32. The transfer market. Yeah. Um, he's he's French international. Played. I think he. I don't know if he's ever played for the first first team France, but he definitely played for youth teams uh, in France. He was apparently a teammate of Karim Benzema, which, if you remember, Jan Ekra was also a teammate of Karim Benzema. Uh. For the French national team, so we've got that in common. Um, but yeah, that's two two quality center backs options. Um, to, so then now we have three <laughs> instead yeah. of one. More the merrier. Yeah. So, uh, do you recognize them from any of the preseason friendlies, Ben? No, I do, I don't believe that they were around for the preseason friendlies I was okay. able to go to. Gotcha. Didn't include the last two or three, I believe. Um, yeah, those were probably the, the the dress rehearsals, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but no, I I think um, between them and Hugh Roberts, I think we're gonna have at all times. I think we're gonna have at least two quality center backs on the field. Mm. Um, two and two reliable options um, yep. to, to kind of rotate in and out with Hugh Roberts. So I'm I'm pretty pleased with that. I know um, we've kind of talked about the the team is. Very small so far. Still, that's still the case. But I know I know of at least three more signings that they have yet to announce. Uh, there's probably more coming, I would think, because um, that doesn't even include the uh, backup goalkeepers. Yeah, goalkeeper. true. So, I imagine we'll probably get to somewhere between 18 and 20 players on the roster full time, and then um, you never know. We may we may be able to loan some players in in an emergency um, situation. So. You know, it the, the squad's rounding out. The, the the games are about to kick off starting tomorrow. So, um, do you have any thoughts before we jump into this interview with Brian? No, just excited to to share this with you. Excited to get games going, and uh, yeah, it's uh, the season is upon us. All right, so uh, we're gonna go to our interview now. I just want to forewarn you. Um, I was unfortunately having to eat dinner during the interview, <laughs> which I know is terribly rude. 
uh, you broke the guest. first rule of podcast. <laughs> I did. Um, so if you hear some weird noises, it's probably me eating my dinner in the background. So uh, just a forewarning. Um, but now nah, you're going to roll this interview right now. Hey, everybody. We are here with uh, my wonderful co-host, Ben Gosshorn, and our very special guest, Brian Cook of BGN Written. Uh, if you're not aware, BGN Written covers the entire league has uh, multiple writers. Is that right, Brian? It covers yeah, teams? Yeah, we, um, we've actually started to transcend just the USL Championship, but we've now started to have writers for the USL League One. So, And uh, I encourage anybody who to uh, get involved because it's a great group to be around. Yeah, well, you... You've been a, uh, you've been kind of in our our soccer world, so to speak, for about a year now. How did you kind of get started following Indy Eleven and, and and being more, I guess, more than a fan? So I got really started following Indy Eleven um, right around the time that I started to hear news that a team was coming. Um, of course, you hear a professional team is coming, and your first instinct is. Oh, cool. Major League Soccer. Like how everybody assumes when you're and I I wasn't a huge I was growing to be a bigger fan, but I wasn't a huge fan. But you hear professional team is coming and you think Major League Soccer. Um, So and I didn't get directly involved with the efforts. Um, There was kind of like how, you know, some of these like LAFC and stuff like that. There was a group of I think I'm going to get this wrong, probably like six to 10 guys that just sat down and said, we want a team. Um, and around 2015 is when Ursal Ozdemir um, won the expansion rights with the uh, North American Soccer League to bring a professional team to Indianapolis. And that was, I've been kind of latched on shortly after that. I, you know, I started producing my own kind of written content and stuff like that just to kind of get my opinion out and learn more about the game. But yeah, it was right around then, right around the dawn of Indy 11 was when I really started following Indy 11. Cool. Well, um, I know this, this Friday is kind of a, a get right game, so to speak for Indy 11. Um, we have unfortunately not been able to play yet, but after the first week, kind of what are, what were the, what was kind of the fan base thinking at Indy 11, just kind of after it seemed like the game on Saturday was a little sloppy. I watched most of it. It seemed like both teams were kind of suffering from, uh, you know, first game issues where, you know, not, not quite on the same page. Um, you know, Indy 11 may have gotten a little unlucky there with the result. I don't, I don't know that, they really deserve to lose, but kind of take us through the fan base's thoughts with how that so turned out. It, it's, I, I feel like a majority of the fan base is probably in agreement on what I'm going to eventually say statistically. And this is what blew my mind. And I, I, I shared this not to, you know, throw my own self promo in there, but me and Richard Rainwater, who's the other guy that covers Indy 11, we both kind of did recap pieces. I did, tried to do a little bit more of a deeper dive, but statistically Indy 11 should have blown St. Louis out of the water. And that's not me being hyperbolic, but when you finish a game with 65% overall possession, you really should not be losing games. Um, that take it, take it from a guy that is sitting on a bed right now, holding a microphone stand, like a, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but like <laughs> 65% possession is a huge, huge margin to finish the game. Um, 
But I feel like a lot of the supporters' reactions from that game was, man, this 3-4-3 is going to take a lot to get used to. Um, and I, I don't know what other things you guys want to talk about, but uh, the the gist is what I was told was the 3-4-3 that was deployed in the, that game against St. Louis was actually something that Martin Rennie has wanted to use since he started with the team last year. Um Okay. And just due to either not having the right personnel or injuries or the like, he kept with that four in the back system last year. But obviously with the amount of defensive-minded midfielders and center backs that uh, he brought in this year, he was able to deploy that. So I think the general reaction was, Man, we probably should have won that game, and that three four three is going to take some getting used to. Both, I I think the fans are going to have to get used to it, and I think the players are because that was arguably the second game that you could really say that you saw that group, that lineup on the field together. Um, I think a pretty similar lineup was played against uh, Nashville in the last preseason game. So, but I think it just it was. Not shocking, but it was also a little shocking because everybody just expected better. Okay. One thing with that formation, um, some people m- may be familiar with Neville Hackshaw from, that moved over from Charleston uh, in the, the transfer window, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Do you believe he'll be, the, I guess, the third center back type of formation in, in that formation typically, or do you think he'll get out wide? Because I want to say I heard – maybe rumors that in the preseason he was, he was playing more of a midfielder role or is he just going to be kind of used all over the pitch? So he's listed, I think on the roster as a midfielder. So I was a little Hmm. confused when I saw him listed or when the Nashville game, the last preseason game came about and he was, you know, playing as a midfielder or a, a central defender. I was like, that seems odd. Yeah. Um, I, the thing is, and I, I, and this is just based off the first game. I feel like what role Hackshaw will play is a central defender that's borderline kind of an anchor man in the defensive midfield where he's going to have to carry the load between the defense and getting it up to the midfield. Okay. Uh, I, I think he's going to arguably be the most, especially in this game coming up on, uh, I guess technically tonight, um, yeah. the game coming up, uh, I think his role is going to be so vital to how that team performs um, just because you, you can get, you know, great, you know, no nonsense uh, center backs, but you need somebody that's going to be able to play the ball out of the back. And I think that's going to, he, that's his primary role. Very interesting. Sounds so similar. To what oh, did sorry. Go ahead. Alex. I just was going to say that sounds similar to what he, the kind of role he played in Charleston last year was he kind of, most of the time he was lined up as a center back, but he, he was, going into the midfield often um he was kind of their their like you said their pivot man between the the back line and the midfield sorry go ahead ben yeah i guess the only other thing i'm kind of curious on um because obviously things did go well in certain stretches uh for indy 11 so what did work in that 3-4-3 even though it was a kind of a new formation for the club um i'm trying to think I, the big thing was I, I really dug the general passing out of the midfield. I think what I saw, at least in that first half, and again, you can only the thing I'm trying to balance in my head is I need you need to judge how the team performed, but you also need to understand that this was the first game of the season. 
yeah. and not to put the uh, cart before the horse or the horse before the cart. Like, don't get ahead of yourselves. And that's, I'm going through those moments where I'm like, man, that really sucked. But I'm also like, but it's only the first game. Um, so what I what I really appreciated was the passing in the uh, opponent's third of the field. Um, I felt like that was really well done. Um, Joshua Penn, who is mm. uh, the club's first uh, academy, USL Academy signing, which, Ben, I think you helped me grasp what that was. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had, I had, was, we had one of those last year. So I, yeah. I saw that press release come by because we also have a goalkeeper, which I feel awful for not remembering his name, but we have a goalkeeper that was signed the same way. And I went, okay, that's a new one. I'm like, I thought Major League Soccer only had confusing contracts. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I, so uh, it took me a little bit, but he... I think he played where Ioze w- would have played, um, and man, I I you know gave him hype on Twitter, but Penn played so well and created so much from the wings out of that formation that I absolutely went nuts for him. He had what I can only describe as a beautiful cross to Dane Kelly that almost there there was I I think there was twelve sh- total shots by Indy. Um, I think uh, I'm sure somebody listening right now is going, that's not right. Um, <laughs> that sounds about right. I was looking at the stats earlier. It was like 10 or 11, something like that. So, we'll um, go with it. but pin his creation on the wings was great. I would still rather Ioze play on there. Cause I think Ioze has the speed to get up and down a lot better. And especially mm-hmm. defensively can play a lot better, but pin really impressed me out of that formation. Interesting. Is there any reason why Jose was not playing? Was it an injury or? Um, so uh, I, I reached out to the team and I got no replies. So what I've gone with was he was a healthy scratch. Um, so, uh, I think the rumors I was told by a few of the supporters was that after the Nashville game, which the field, no, I love Evansville, and I love the fact that the team's willing to go all the way down to Evansville because driving from Indianapolis down to Evansville is like feels probably like to some like driving from Indianapolis to Florida. Um, mm. It's a long drive. The yeah. field quality, I was told, was not great um, in mm-hmm. Evansville for that last preseason game, and I was told Ioze might have limped off the field. So um, he didn't appear in the injury report, so I'm not 100% sure what happened. But if nothing else, I think uh, Rennie might have just wanted to keep him out to give him a little bit more time to get back up to fitness. Okay. Yeah, he's an important player. I mean, he's he's one of the best outside backs or wing backs kind of in the league. So mm-hmm. at least last year he was. So I yeah. assume he'll continue that this year. Who is – um. If, if you had to pick one player who, who might have a big impact, you've already kind of mentioned Hackshaw, but if, if you could pick one other player who would be one to watch for tomorrow night, um, or tonight, I guess, if you're listening to this on Friday, um, who would that be? Um, it, it's going to sound like a cop-out answer, <laughs> but honestly, uh, the the three... Uh, ele- oh God, I'm going to butcher his name. The, our our forward from Louisville, uh, Ilja, Illich. Thank you. It's far more that. easy than it looks. I, I, it's killed me for the longest time, but it's, um, I'm pretty confident it's Illich. I, 
if Rennie goes out and tries to play those three, Illich, Involdson, and Kelly again, God, can we sign players that are just easier for me to say? That would help. <laughs> uh, but I think those three are going to be what I look at the most during this game because uh, one of the things I, and I wrote about this too, one of the things I feel like that formation missed out, even though Penn did a great job from the wings, was having somebody in that attacking third that was not a scorer, and all three of those guys are scorers, but mm. was more of a playmaker, which I think is where you get Eugene Starkoff involved. Um, so the if those three play together, I'm just curious about their chemistry um, because I feel like out of those three, and it's going to sound weird when I say this, Kelly is the one that needs to come up with the most because I feel like he's battling a lot of rust. Uh, so uh, those three, that was a loaded answer. I'm sorry. I'm losing track <laughs> of what I'm saying. But those three are the three guys that I feel like can obviously give the most impact on the field, but also need to provide the most uh, tomorrow night or tonight. I was trying to stay on point. I don't know when people are listening. That sounds good. I think we have uh, I think we have one like serious listener question. We have a few that were um, from our friend Jason, who I think he was just trying to mess with us. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, I'm having a hard time finding it because the annual JM Photoshop came out today, so we have a lot of mentions due to that as well. Okay, so Jason uh, from Home Sweet Soccer asked, "What's more concerning, the lack of Indy's defensive depth or the lack of Charlotte's depth overall?" Well, uh, so I don't know if you're wanting me to answer the Charlotte depth question. I feel like you guys might be. Yeah, we can take that one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But for the indie defensive depth, I, I, I'm such a traditionalist and I I don't have like, you know, 15, 20 years of being a fan of soccer. I have a smaller frame of mind. Um, I, I like four at the back formations. Um, I feel like this three of the back formation just puts way too much stress on the central parts of the field to have them trek back and forth and back and forth and back and forth that the problem with it is uh, they defensively, if you know, those three guys had played all of preseason together, you might've seen them in better positions during the St. Louis game to, you know, clear out the ball and stuff like that, because both of the goals that they conceded, Indy conceded during the St. Louis game were primarily due to the fact that nobody apparently wanted to stick a foot in there and knock the ball away. Um, So I feel like defensively the issues with their depth is due to the fact that, you know, up till the Nashville game, you really didn't see a real starting 11 play together. And I feel like chemistry and the flow and everything else that you generate on the field, that was directly affected by that. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, to k- kind of touch on the the tr- lack of depth overall from Charlotte, I believe we've, we're up to 14 or 15 players now. So we'll have at least 11 plus three or four subs, hopefully, on Friday. They're not, they're not going to make you guys put, you know, jerseys on and stuff, right? I don't think so. Um, that would be not a good idea. Ben Ben has been <laughs> routing into form on his in his seven-on-seven seven league, though. So, <laughs> so he might – he can be, at least be a cheerleader. Um, <laughs> I tend to be a player, but no, I think they, they announced, they quietly announced, um, I say quietly because they kind of just put the releases out and nothing else. 
Um, they announced two more center backs last night, uh, believe, or I guess throughout the day yesterday. So that, I think, brought us up to 14 or 15. Um, I'm not going to count them off off the top of my head, but I, I know there's at least three more that have yet to be announced. Um, so I, I think I think Charlotte's going to be okay. I think we're going to get probably in that 18 to 20 range. So we're going to be um, depending on not getting injured. Um, but it, it sounds like fitness is a really big uh, like pillar this year in terms of uh, the, the the coaching philosophy of, of the new head coach. So I think we'll be okay. Um, he, he's talked a lot about wanting to have a small squad. So I think the idea is we have um, maybe 18 players or 18 to 20 players who can all step in and, and play a big role. Um, but if anybody goes down, uh, then we might be in trouble. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I know there is one topic that we all wanted to talk about, and that is the legend of Amon Zayed. <laughs> so, what is what is your best Zayed story from India? Oh, you know, like I I didn't spend a ton of time personally with him, but when he uh, when he secured the um, twenty sixteen NASL Spring Championship with. Uh, hat trick against North Carolina. I was at that game. That was probably, and I don't know what's going to ever defeat it. That might have been the greatest, you know, sports moment I've witnessed in my life in person. Uh, you know, it's it's weird to see at a soccer game people storm the field, but after you know they hit that fourth goal and Matt. The best part was after that game, and it was all Zion just played. He played out of his mind. Like I, I don't think anybody probably would have sat down and went, "Yeah, I think he's going to score like two or three goals tonight." <laughs> mm. But the best part was after that game, it was not confirmed that we had won the <laughs> spring championship. Uh, mathematically, it was pretty impossible for the team to lose it, but it was not math or. 100% confirmed until the next night but oh that he his his ability that first season he was in Indy to just he was just calling a shot he was Babe Ruth like mm. it was just he he would just you, you went okay you need to go score a goal and he would go out and score it um so he's just I've loved watching him play I'm going to be a huge fan of watching him in Chattanooga um, I think he's going to be great. He's hooked up back up with Tim Hankinson down there. Um, and I think Hank uh, did a great job when both of them were here of getting the most out of Eamon Zayed. So um, I just, I've enjoyed watching him play. He's such a cool guy. Um, he's just, I, I think his nickname here was Batman for a while. <laughs> um, so there's, I'll have to find him on Twitter, but there are uh, posters and pictures of him photoshopped to look like batman so but oh, yeah. uh, no he was just he was a cool dude i he, i enjoyed him as a player and i think he's got a great personality and everything cool yeah we enjoyed having him here too um i think you know i we mentioned when, before off the right off the recording that he we had a little trouble getting his visa so he was here a little late um so he didn't really come on strong until like late in the year uh, but you could just tell he was that kind of he had he had really good instincts as a goal scorer, um, and that was something that we really lacked, uh, in at least most of the season. We had you know obviously 
Jorge Herrera. Uh, but we really needed that second goal scorer, and he really stepped up towards the end of the season to provide that. So, you, you know, like you said, uh, I'll definitely be following him in Chattanooga. I think he'll do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I shoot, I'll say he's probably he'll probably be in the running for the Golden Boot at the end of the year. Oh yeah, I think in that yeah. league. So definitely, easily, I would think. All right, it is our it is it's time to make predictions. Um, we we do this every year. We we kind of we suck at it. Uh, we get <laughs> we get the games wrong all the time, but we do it yeah. anyway. So, uh, I'll as as you're our guest, Brian. I'll let you go first. Uh, what do you think is going to be the result on Friday? Oh, hmm. Gosh. Um, I'm hopeful from the indie side of things. I hope that they just don't look like a team that, you know, just is a rec league team that just came together for the first time. I hope there's some monumental cohesion enhancement. Um, <laughs> conservatively, um, I, I think that they still, I, I think you will see an improved attack from them in midfield buildup, but I feel like defensively, they're still going to have a lot of work to do, uh, especially depending on who's actually playing in the starting 11. I think defensively, they're going to have a lot of issues. So conservatively, I'm going to go with a one, one draw. And that probably again, sounds like a cop out, but, uh, I, I think both teams and, and the thing is, and I'm not just saying this cause you guys invited me on your show and <laughs> I, I don't get invited on shows a lot. <laughs> I could totally see Charlotte pulling out a two, one victory over Indy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the thing, and you guys, uh, talked about it in your show last week. Um, but one of the biggest issues I have with this three four three that Indy is going to play is I feel like it opens them up for counters, and I think it opens up for to get beat by teams with a lot of speed. Um, they didn't concede those type of goals in St. Louis, but I feel like that's going to be their thorn in their side, and I feel like you guys uh, and Charlotte are the team to do that. So conservatively, on the record, it's going to be one one, but I would not be shocked if Charlotte pulls out a two one. That's fair. I um I'll go ahead and give mine because you, you you actually are, we're on the same wavelength there. I think it's going to be a one one draw. I think um I think we're going to see some issues with some dis disorganization with with on our end just because it's our first game. Uh, we you know Indy's already played one. We haven't played yet. Uh, we have like I said we we just added. I mean they've been there. They've been in camp, so it's not like they're they're totally brand new. But we have kind of our squad come together at the last minute. Um, so I think it'll be kind of a sloppy game. But I know that the way that they want to play, they're going to press high. They're going to be really active, trying to win the ball up the field. Um, so I think we'll probably probably snatch a goal that way. Um, but then maybe maybe concede one to Dane Kelly or something. Um, you know, on a nice build-up or something like that. So, Goose, you're up next. All righty. Y'all are going to make my prediction look really crazy. Um, right. yeah, that's, that's I'm excited for it. I'm ready. I'm, I, about to um, spell this again. Yeah. I'm going to say we're going to win 3-1. Wow. Um, I okay. think we're going to come out with a lot of pace and a lot of intentionality to get a lot of opportunities in front of net. Um. I think we will have some struggles in the backside of things. Um, I'm a little concerned with how much India's possessed the ball when they played St. Louis in contrast and in, in how what how they're going to use that against us. Um, but I, I feel pretty confident we're going to start this season 
fairly well. I don't know, but it's tough because do you really think Indy 11 is going to start the season 0-2 after everything they've done? I don't know. It's Well, apparently you do, so. It, well, yeah, I'm predicting it, so. Do you think it's going to happen? Here, let me make a prediction about it happening. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I think it will be a very uh, – a full 90 kind of game. It'll kind of come down to the wire, but I think we'll get a, a 3-1 victory. Well, that's that's definitely the bold side. Um, I wish I had your confidence. To be, but, um, no, I think I, like you said, I think it'll be an exciting game. I think both sides are going to create chances. Um, I think it'll be... The thing to watch for is, uh, I think, Charlotte's fitness because that's been something that uh, Coach McGinnis has emphasized in all of his interviews, all his media appearances, he's talked about uh, he's talked about fitness a lot. He's talked about pressing. He's talked about energy. He's talked about you know what the squad's doing without the ball uh, a lot more than he has talked about what they're going to do with it. So I think that's going to be the thing to watch for. Can they keep up a high press uh, and and do it effectively for ninety minutes in the first game? I think that's going to be that's going to be difficult, especially with how thin the squad is to start. Um, so that'll be the thing to watch for is kind of what happens after that 70th minute mark. Do the legs start to get heavy? Do things get a lot more sloppy after that? So, Brian, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah. Is there anywhere you would like our readers to go to read more about Indy 11? Um, yeah, you can check me out on Twitter. Um, I I have been carrying on both with the games and then also the uh, stadium bill that Indy is fighting for. So you can follow me on Twitter at Soccer with Brian, which is pretty easy to find. Um, but also definitely check out uh, at BGN Written on Twitter too. This awesome. is where all the articles, not just Indy, but all the articles uh, get posted too. That's great. Yeah, and we really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah. and, Thank and- you, Brian. If you, uh, I assume you're not going to make it down to Charlotte. You said you were in a wedding this weekend, so um, hope hope that when you do get to watch the game, even if it's on a delay, that you enjoy what you see. I I get, I get all the tweets uh, for the live feed for the team sent to my phone, so I, I I'm assuming that a majority of tomorrow is me going to be me pulling up my phone, scrolling through, and going or getting really happy. So <laughs> there we'll you see. go. <laughs> Alrighty, well we appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next time we play in the eleven. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. All right, we are back. So big thanks to Brian for joining us. Um, mm-hmm. It's always good to hear from another supporter who is, um, you know, heavily involved in following the team and that kind of thing. Uh, it sounds like he's a little worried about um, th- this game. And and Ben, you're pretty confident that the independents are going to come out strong. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. You know, unfortunately, I can't attend the game, which um, being the first game that that's a bummer. But I'm I'm excited to see this new and new style of play for Indi- the independents. The uh, mm-hmm. all the interviews that Jim McGinnis has done lately, and the the interview that Second Yellow did with Enzo, I'm really excited to see this new uh, high press, you know, be super active off the ball independence team. Um, yeah, that, that's something that. They did from time to time under Coach Jeffries, but was never really a consistent thing. So I'm really interested to see how that um, is going to look. You know, now that it's a, it, it's like you know one of the core things that they do. So I'm, I'm really excited about tomorrow night and just the whole season in general. So, um, yep. you know, we we nobody sent in their very specific predictions for the season though. So I'm a little disappointed in that. 
So what's going on? Before the season gets started, go ahead and send in your very specific predictions for a chance to win a uh, whatever Talking Jacks merchandise item you would you would like. Just to remind you the rules. Don't pick anything super obvious. Like you can't just say we're gonna score a goal. Okay, like everybody knows we're gonna score a goal. Um, try to be a little more specific. Try to go out on a limb. Um, I believe uh, I believe in you guys. You can come up with something a little creative. Um, but yeah. So Ben, do you have anything you'd like to add uh, before we get out of here and get get ready for the game? No, I just I, I think it, like you kind of alluded to and said there, it's gonna be a little different um this the play style we're gonna have um we're gonna probably see some guys in some different positions as far as enzo and alex i would think um could be wrong on enzo but i, I feel like alex would be more played more centrally um just based on what we've seen and uh in the in the preseason and kind of what the the personnel we do have um but i think it'll be really exciting uh, i'm excited to see um how everything lays out and Excited to see some goals, so my prediction doesn't look incredibly foolish. <laughs> yeah, you were, you went you really went out on a limb on that first prediction. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I I would I, if that happens, I'll be thrilled. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I just I'm a little nervous just because the squad has come together so late, um, mm. and I know that Enzo is probably might not be a hundred percent ready to, for the season. I know he was dealing with a groin injury as of like ten days ago. Um, and those typically don't heal up quickly, so I'm a little nervous about that one. Um, but just overall, like I'm really excited about the season. Um, it's 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 kind of like new territory for us to not really know what to expect going into a season. So yeah. that's that's exciting. Uh, I know the tailgate is a new thing that's happening starting at five o'clock tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I hope lots of people go out and partake in that. Um, yeah, but yeah, just like get out there, support the boys. Um, you know, have a good time and, and we'll talk to you guys on uh sometime early next week to kinda of go over everything that happened. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Alrighty, so as always, come on you jacks. Woo!